Greetings to Reverend Lewis and family, to the leadership of the Constant Spring Church of God and the entire membership, and all of us brothers and sisters and friends worshiping together this morning. It is a wonderful delight and to be with God's people in this time of worship. Every opportunity for worship in a setting like this with God's people is a wonderful privilege. And I want us brothers and sisters always to make the coming together of God's people for worship a special appointment, an appointment that we will not compromise. And therefore, to make this experience a priority in our lives. God has been good to us. And the church is one more time here embarking on an annual crusade. An expression of the church's burden regarding those who have not yet come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. We have some of those persons who are very near and dear to us in our families, in our places of work, in our neighborhoods, people that we related to closely in the past as classmates and schoolmates and colleagues, so many persons in so many places who have not yet come to this experience of salvation and the experience of a secured future in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you to strenuously put in the commitment for your crusade that is coming up. Bring somebody, tell somebody about it repeatedly, and demonstrate as a part of the corporate witness of the church your love for the lost and your commitment to evangelism. I just came yesterday back from the retreat of the Executive Council of the Church and I feel like I can report to you that one of the main subjects that we prayed about at the retreat and dreamt about and planned regarding is the growth of the church across this country and the Church of God in Jamaica as a part of that. And I believe that there's a great buzz in the church now regarding evangelism, growth, witness, and that 
as we commit, the Lord is going to honor our prayers, our service, our faith, and we are going to reap the harvest of those who are lost and who need to come to the light. Our subject today is, you are my witnesses. And I want us to turn in our Bibles the chapter that we read from Acts chapter 9 and I'll use verse 15 but the Lord said to Ananias go this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. Let us pray. Lord, we humbly wait upon you this morning with expectant hearts, with desires to be spoken to by you and directed by you. And beyond that, Lord, with desire to feel chosen by you and appointed by you for your service. And we pray now together that you will bless your word unto our hearts and glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. I would listen to the choir one more time this morning. Come and see, he's pleading. Open your life. It's a call by the choir to respond to the call of salvation. And beyond the response to the call of salvation, to respond to the call to service. The subject witness is oft mentioned in the book of Acts. It is a key subject. And it is based on that witness that the future of the church is secured in the conversion of experience of those who will come to Christ in the future. If the witness of the church was to go out 
and we know it won't, then the church would be on a path of diminishing, attrition without which there would be no replacement. But not just that. As bad as the world is today, as we are hit by the news daily and weekly, the world would be a far worse place today. The witness of God's people presents the possibility of change, of conversion, through the work of the Holy Spirit, a calling of persons from different backgrounds and different places to be one family, to be one people in Jesus. So, us, no other organization or institution or movement holds out this enormous prospect for the most destitute of human beings. For people like you and me who were without God and without hope in the world. For us, and I hope we don't forget, who were not a people but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy. It is a pity that we get so quiet and withdrawn about our salvation experience. People who go to the bar for a social drink find it easy, aided of course by mood-altering substance, to speak about their deepest feelings with one another, to share personal stories, even sometimes personal stories that are incriminating. Personal stories that they would perhaps not share in their more sober moments. And if you say the bar thing, in Jamaica especially, is a men's thing, I would agree. But ladies who go to the hairdresser also have a similar kind of experience based on their testimony, where people speak with more freedom, about deep things. Sometimes the form is gossip, but they still, still speak with relative freedom about deep issues and things that matter to them in life. There should be an equivalent in the experience of the church and in the experience of God's people in different places. For whatever reason, 
it is not necessarily so. The witness theme in Acts, however, challenges us, all of us, so that it may be so. So that we may speak with boldness about our personal experience of Jesus Christ. So that we will not be ashamed of the new life that we now have, even if we would have had cause to be ashamed of the old life that we once lived. And that is the challenge, brothers and sisters. If what Jesus Christ has done for us is sufficient for us to be a witness for him. The text that we read in chapter 9 of Acts verse 15 and Acts chapter 1 verse 8 are to be read together. They speak about the same approach to witness. The first one, of course, is speaking about the church not yet with the Apostle Paul a member of the church, but speaking about the church in a time when the Apostle Paul was an enemy of the church. The church has enemies today. ISIS does not love the church. And there are pockets of opposition to the church and the gospel all over the world and in the free world too. For the free world makes an offering that Faith can counteract faith can counteract faith. And that's why the data is so striking coming out of the United States of America that was referred to by Brother Derek earlier this morning regarding the growth of Islam and what some people say the decline of the Christian faith. But I am not worried, and I don't believe you should be worried. Because we know from the very word of Jesus himself that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And that what the church should do is become more robust in faith and more robust in witness taking this indescribable truth of salvation to the last corner of the world. The first thing we mention, we, 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 we reference in the text, and I want to go to chapter 1, verse 8, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria 
and to the utmost part of the world. And the first thing I want us to recognize this morning, brothers and sisters, is that this is not a man-created mandate or direction. It is God. It is Jesus Christ. It is the Holy Spirit who is speaking to the people of God at the beginning of the history of the church of God. In Acts, in Acts chapter 1, before we get to Acts chapter 2 and Pentecost, this instruction is given to the people of God. And the instruction is laid in a way in the mandate that says this task and the role that each of us has in this task is going to be powered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, is this indispensable in the life of the church and in this core function of the church that we call witness. Any day, by whatever wonderful creative design, we can design the Holy Spirit out of the arrangement that's the day when our effectiveness goes. And that's the way, day when we become a cult and a personality cult, perhaps. So the word to the apostles, you shall be my witnesses. And then the word says, take on this geographical outlook. In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the utmost part of the world. There is an expansion of the reach of the church and of the church of God that is to be carried out by all of us who have been saved by Jesus Christ. And that is to be done, brothers and sisters, in our movement from one place to another. We are never on holiday from being a witness of Jesus Christ. Take your vacation, go to Montego Bay, the scanning, scamming capital of the world, go to Cuba, go to any exciting place in the world, but you must never go without Jesus Christ. And truly, if the embrace of Jesus Christ 
if a big commitment in your life, the witness is going to emanate spontaneously, intentionally, as you should not be crossing the call to that witness. But apart from the geographical setting that is laid in the mandate, in chapter 1, verse 8, in chapter 9, verse 15, there is the people mandate, the reach to people of different ethnic grouping, and now as the world redefines of all other kinds of groupings. The peoples of the world have never been grouped in the way we are now grouped. We have grouping for homosexuality. We have grouping for gambling. We have grouping for varied permissive kind of lifestyle. And these grouping of peoples, brothers and sisters, are to be reached for Jesus Christ. Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, says, And that is what some of you were. But now you are sanctified. You are washed. You are justified. You are sanctified. And in that grouping, what Paul gives uh, is a list of different lifestyle preoccupation that people have out of which they must be called into Christ to be washed justified and sanctified and given a new status in the community of believers the first thing now I want to say the Holy Spirit does the appointing and the anointing for all of us to be witnesses. And let me begin by stating to you that when after Judas sold Christ and perished, There was a vacancy left in the 12. One person was missing. In chapter 1 of Acts, and you may look at it very quickly. Chapter 1 of Acts, verse 21. The apostles decided that there should be a replacement for Judas. But in coming to that decision, they concluded that this person to replace Judas must have been an eyewitness of Jesus Christ. Must have been with him must have experienced him 
And so they went to the process of choosing. And the Bible says in chapter 121, Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us. The whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must be a witness with us to his resurrection. And they proposed two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justus, and Matthias. And Matthias was chosen. These apostles were a specialized group of witnesses because they were eyewitnesses. Today, we are witnesses, not in the strict sense in which they had been witnesses because of their eyewitness experience, but we are witnesses because of our experience with the power of the resurrection and our experience with the resurrected and the risen Lord. You don't have any excuse, brothers and sisters. I don't have any excuse. Remove 2,000 years or so from the experience, the same Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, who empowered these apostles is the Holy Spirit who empowers you and me today. If we take Matthias as an example, we also take Paul and Barnabas, and Paul in particular. For Paul was on the other side of the experience. At best, he was a witness to the martyrdom of Stephen. You remember that story in Acts chapter 7? You remember when they were stoning Stephen, who was there? Saul, Paul was there. And he was a witness to that experience. But later on in his experience on Damascus Road, the same geographical setting in the outlook of Acts, he experienced conversion, he experienced blindness and anointing subsequently, and he became the foremost witness taking the gospel to Rome from whence the gospel has reached all over the world. But Paul never knew Jesus Christ before he was crucified. But Paul met him after the resurrection. And he said, Saul, Saul, it is hard for you to kick yourself against a prick. And Saul said, who are you, Lord? 
And he said, I am Jesus. And Saul qualified in the specialized sense, like the others, to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. I take from the story, brothers and sisters, young man, young woman, anybody, that when God is ready for you, you are going to respond to this gospel. For Paul was diametrically opposed to the Christian movement. And then he became center to the advancement of the Christian movement. Sometimes we see some people of certain profile and status and description that we don't even believe the gospel is a remedy for. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, whoever they are, Jesus Christ makes transformation possible. Sometimes in our families, we have people who are entrenched in lifestyle that bothers us make us embarrassed. Yesterday I was at a funeral in the country and the pastor told me that this man who was being buried, who got saved in 2014, was hardly ever sober on any day. But one day he came to church, rendered his life, and he heard the gospel. And he responded and surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit dried him up, cleaned him up, made him sober. Even so that he could have been ready to die. Nothing is impossible with God. We only have to be faithful in continuing to bear the witness. The first thing now is to recognize what the witness is about. Every time it is mentioned in Acts, it is about the gospel. And it is precisely about the facts that she lived among us was the son of God. That he lived among us. That he was crucified. And that God raised him from the dead. It is that to which Peter says we are witnesses. Peter does not want us like what began in Acts when they say, when shall you restore the kingdom, the throne of David to the kingdom of Israel? They were asking about chronology and a special moment in the future. The word of God points them to 
you by the power of the Holy Spirit shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Samaria and the utmost part of the world the crooks of the gospel brothers and sisters is not about rapture is not about secret rapture is not about unraveling the end time mysteries it is not about how, what we do with different numbers in the Bible. It is about Jesus Christ in our lives. The hope of glory according to the Apostle Paul. We must never get sidetracked by all of the fantastic teachings and theories and ideas that will veer us from the centrality of faithfulness to the gospel. Be a witness of Jesus Christ wherever we are, any day, every day. Bearing it by the example of how we live one. And bearing it by the facts that we subscribe to two. And that is all that God requires of us. Obedience in our lifestyle and obedience to say the fact. You never imagine it, maybe. But you have some friends who just need you to ask them an important question one day. When Philip was sent by the Holy Spirit to Gaza, he said, go south, go to Gaza, down from Jerusalem. You will see a chariot. Go and stand beside it. There were cultural barriers to cross. There was the ethnic challenge. There was even the challenge of the belief system and values that the different persons had. But Philip obeyed God as a witness, brothers and sisters. And when he did that, he saw the man, heard the man reading from Isaiah chapter 53 in our Bible. And Philip asked the life-changing question. Do you understand what you are reading? The Ethiopian eunuch said, how can I understand unless there is a teacher? And a respectful dialogue emerged between them, ended in the conversion of the eunuch and his baptism. And the gospel to Ethiopia. You see the difference that makes? All of us have opportunities not to stand in a pulpit and preach or at a street corner, but in a simple conversation between friends or among family members. Raise the question, 
how is life for you? How are you doing? What's going on? Why is it that you have not given your life to Jesus Christ? And those make for genuine conversation, brothers and sisters. And the change that can result from that, we can never predict. But we should do it. The facts. So the content, the facts to the witness. And we are a witness to fact. Is that Jesus died. And he rose from the dead. And he's alive. Every Christian knows that because he lives within our hearts. And nobody, nobody has the power, even with a gun to our head, nobody has the power to deny us that experience and the factual account that we have of that experience. People have other facts and non-facts, fictions that they package and market. Some of them make a whole heap of money out of it. Factual account of which we are witness is indispensable brothers and sisters if anybody is going to come to Jesus Christ. We're not just a witness to facts. We're a witness to convictions. I believe the gospel. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed. Or he has committed to me against that day. A personal conviction a witness to conviction, a witness to personal conviction that in my life, the difference is being made by Jesus Christ every day. Children, every day. Two of the children from that man that the pastor described who had a lifestyle of being a drunkard for his whole life. Two of his children are the most solid believers in Jesus Christ today. Sharing their witness in their places of work and taking seriously their place in the church. Three things and I close very quickly. In this call to be a witness, witness to the facts, witness to conviction, all of us, we are called to be bold. Peter leads us on that. And the police healing the man who was at the gate of beautiful, 
and the political powers, including the religious flavoring of that power, turned against him and turned upon them. Peter, in boldness, said, we are witnesses of what we know regarding this Jesus who raised this man who healed him and we rather to obey God than man. Some people call it holy boldness, brothers and sisters. Call it boldness empowered, enabled by the Holy Spirit in our lives. But all of us can with courage share the gospel. Paul did it too in his trial, in every trial of Christ, the trial that Paul encountered. Paul told them about Jesus Christ, how he was establishing the Old Testament, and how he died, and how he rose from the dead, and how he's a witness of that. There's a lot going around, on around us that want to push us into a corner where we get really very quiet about our faith. Even in Jamaica, we are becoming a more plural society. And even in Jamaica, we are being asked every day to be politically correct. But there is no political correct way to say Jesus died. He rose from the dead. He ascended to the Father. And he's coming again. And if you don't have him, you are lost. The church must remain attention to... The second thing, I want us to pay attention to brothers and sisters. In relation to the witness, and I want you to turn to Act to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, very, very quickly. And verse 15. Is that the hope that we have is unique hope. The world does not have it. More people may have more money than you and more other things than you, including status symbols and symbols of power and all of that. But when you have Jesus, they okay. You have reason to hope in the darkest day. I never preach at a funeral service without going to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Because the most pronounced expression of the Christian hope to which we give witness. And here Paul, and let me read it to you from verse 12. But if it is preach that Christ has been raised from the dead. How can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, 
then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is our faith. More than that, we are fussed about God's witnesses about God. For we have witnessed about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he, he did not raise him from the dead. But if, but he did not raise him, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Then Paul says, my favorite verse, if only for this life that we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruit of those who are asleep. A great witness to the hope of the resurrection, the Apostle Paul. We should hope as witnesses and not despair. We should be bold as witnesses and not go into hiding and secrecy about our faith. And finally, brothers and sisters, we should be proud of the gospel. Not false pride, not pride with which we are puffed up socially and all of that. But just to be buoyed and glad and vibrant and about being about this faith and about being witness to this faith. We are in a shame culture where we feel ashamed about things so much sometimes that we can't take ownership, we can't take responsibility. We can't begin to even solve them. But Paul said in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. You don't have to be ashamed about your salvation. You don't have to be ashamed about your Christian lifestyle and the choices that are predicted by your Christian lifestyle. You don't have to be ashamed about your church or even the struggles of the entire Even if the entire world turns against Christ, you don't have to be ashamed of the gospel. And that is what is announced by Paul. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. 
the power of God unto salvation. And so can I challenge you today to take it personal that like Paul, like Peter, like the apostles, the twelve, Matthias who replaced Judas, not specialized like them, but out of our experience of Jesus Christ and our conviction regarding the facts of Jesus Christ. We are witnesses being enabled by the Holy Spirit in this perverse generation. We are to recognize in our movement from place to place that we are moving as witnesses. And that we must recognize in our encounter with people of diverse background that we are the agents, the witness through whom God is reaching those persons. And can I encourage us in being God's witness and God's witnesses in this perverse world to be bold to always be bold to be hopeful to always purvey the hope of the gospel and to be proud unashamedly sharing the facts of the gospel. Amen.